Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my co-anchor, sister, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the live stream. Yeah, it's our Wednesday night live stream case updates show, and we are thrilled to be here, as always. We are. You know, I love this show. This is really fun, because I I Mm. love the live streams, because I love getting to talk to our chatters and kind of hear from other people what's up and, you know, collude with all of you about how pissed off we are at whatever's going on, you know, whatever. Right. Make make some connections. We love it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We certainly have some things to talk about today, but first, let's talk a little bit about uh, the week. We've had a lot Mm -hmm. of good radio already this week, of course. Radio, huh? Yeah, radio. Listen to me. (laughs) Katie's still on radio, and I was for a long time, so you... Sometimes it gets confusing, huh? Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> so <laughs> we did on Monday, we released uh, Profit. What do Chad Daybell and Brian Mitchell have in common? Uh, Brian David Mitchell, of course, kidnapped Elizabeth Smart. And he and Chad have a surprising amount of things in common. If you haven't watched right. that show yet, it was a good right. comparison piece. On Tuesday, I did a cold read into uh, Kurt Cobain and the death of Kurt Cobain. Christy presented that case. Yeah. And then yesterday, or no, today, sorry, I presented the Ursuline Academy and St. Ignatius Mission uh, investigation into a lot of sex abuse that happened there in their uh, Indian residential schools clear back in the 18 and mid-1900s and... Yeah. Wow. That one was painful and eye-opening. And I see we ruffled some feathers because we've gotten some real ugly dislikes on it, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, whatever. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all can take your dislikes and shove them. Well, never mind. <laughs> right. We're going to do what we're going to do. Right. And we knew some people wouldn't like it because some... White people really, really, really don't think that we should have to live back through some of the uh, atrocities that have uh, happened at the hands of white people. And they don't know how to handle it. And they just get angry. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. Uh, We also have a brand new Patreon special. It is Biete. I don't Uh, know. You'll have to say it. It is Biete Chapa. And it, um, she uh, is known as a neo-Nazi serial killer in Germany. And yes. it's a very interesting story and a very contemporary story. They functioned, her, her um, Nazi terrorist cell mm-hmm. functioned from 2000 to 2007, and they killed at least 10 people. Yeah. And uh, it's very eye-opening anyway. Yeah, so. You, you want to check that out. If you haven't joined us on Patreon, go join yeah. us so that you can see that case. Because I'm telling you what, some chilling stuff. For chilling. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been on a roll this week. But yeah. we want to make sure you know that tomorrow night for the Psychic Hour, we are going to do a show on chronic pain. Yeah. And uh, we are both <laughs> experts in that field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, 
but we are going to be an hour later. Our nephew is, he has his very first high school football game and we promised we'd be there. So we're going to be an hour later because we got to go cheer Jack on. So it'll be at 8 p.m. Mountain rather yeah. than 7. And we're going to be talking all about chronic pain and some uh, ways to deal and some spiritual and metaphysical approaches and would love to answer some of your questions as well. So that will be happening again on Thursday night, the 26th at 8 p.m. here on the live stream. Yes. Now, Christy, we also have some other big news. We do. We have a new membership starting and I can't send it to you because it is in review by YouTube and I thought it would be ready by this live stream and it's not but that's okay because it doesn't start until September but um, I called it um, a true crime cold read party so yes. it is a new membership we're doing it's a $4.99 a month membership so it's not very expensive mm-hmm. we're going to do a live stream once a month in which you guys throw cases at us so you're going to give us yeah. like a two sentence description and what your question is and we're going to read your cases so um, if you sign up for that, and also if you are in spirit school, you get it automatically. So some of you are already signed up for it and you didn't even know it. Um, nice. But we thought that would be really fun because there are so many cases for us to read. We can't get to all of them. And I know some of you are very passionate about certain cases. And this yeah. way, you know, if everybody that brings a case and you get one case, her live stream, but everybody that brings a case that night, we're going to do a cold read on it. So we just thought that would be really fun. We've been wanting to do a true crime um, membership here on YouTube and hadn't come up with one. And then I had this idea, like, wouldn't it be fun? We just have this big, um, you know, this big cold read party and you guys throw stuff up into the chat yeah, and we'll answer it for you. It's going to be great. Watch for that. We will keep um, it, we will keep announcing it. We have to wait for YouTube to approve it. Last time it was very quick. This time it's taking forever. So, um, but as soon as it's a possibility, we'll let you know. It doesn't really take effect until September anyway. It'll be the second Monday of every month at seven p.m. Mountain is when we'll be doing it. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, come and play with us. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say it hi is, to our chatters. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to say hi to our chatters. We've got RJ, Mouth of the South, Cat, Kathy. I'm sure plenty more streaming in. I don't know how yeah. it goes. Running late. I got to my house two minutes before the show started. So I get it. She was <laughs> on the phone and she's like, oh, it's time for the show. I'll, I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> hi, Robin. <Thank> right? <laughs> hey, Robin. How are you? Welcome. What do they say? I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Or fly by the seat of my pants or, uh, you know, hanging off my broom. One of those things. Hanging All of those broom. things. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. yeah. One hand <laughs> hanging off the broom. That That is me right here. Yeah. Well, there's not, hey, Paula, there's not a ton of Daybell news this week. Shocker. But there is a little. So I thought we'd go there first. Mm-hmm. So, uh there's finally been a little uh, description. Justin Lum really summed this up well about why we ended up with the new uh, attorney on Lori's case. So yes. I thought, I think I'm just going to read what he said because it was good and it will help you to understand, mm-hmm. help us all understand how and why that happened and what to expect moving forward. Yeah. So 
course I was there. Here it is. So this is what he said. He said, because there was a filing that was put out by the courts, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because it is tedious, but we'll just let Justin sum it up. He said, the filing finally published to the state of Idaho's Cases of Interest page. It was filed on 8-26-21 in regards to prosecutors' objection to the appearance of Mark Means as counsel to Vallow and other proceedings. I did not know that the prosecutors had objected to Mark Means. I didn't either, but I'm not surprised. Well, I'm sure they were like, dude, you are, you can't, you aren't qualified for this job. Yeah. This is a first degree murder trial. Mm -hmm. This order of appointment of counsel appears to set up the assignment of James Archibald, who we now know has been appointed, Mm -hmm. uh, who is a death penalty certified public defender and now co-counsel to Vallow. Mm -hmm. At some point, Means requested the court to order an evaluation of Vallow's competency to stand trial, which we know that was back in the spring. The state raised an issue saying there was no indigency filing. So in other words, the court can't order that without an indigency filing because otherwise that would be something for Lori to pay for. Right, right. So, uh, you know, Vallow came back and explained that, uh, or, you know, means did, that she lacked the means to pay for the evaluation. So the court did determine she was an indigent on 521-21, which we Mm -hmm. do know. Yeah. And then, of course, just a few days later, the grand jury indictment charged Vallow with several counts, including murder and conspiracy to commit murder in the deaths of her kids, JJ, Ty Lee, and also Tammy Daybell. We know the crimes carry potential punishment of life in prison or the death penalty. And as we know now, they are seeking the death penalty for Chad. We don't know yet on Lori because her case has stayed. Right. Fallow's cases end up being stayed or placed on pause after she was deemed incompetent to stand trial. She was committed to the custody of the Department of Health and Welfare for treatment. Documents say the court had to find her a qualified trial attorney due to Vallow being indigent while facing charges carrying a potential death sentence. So basically, the court had to seek someone out that was qualified because means it's not. Right. And since they're responsible because she is indigent, she has to have a public defender. Mm-hmm. Therefore. Now, this part's important. With- yeah, this is important. This answers that question we had last week about Chad. Defendants have the right to waive death penalty qualified counsel and hire private representation according to the Sixth Amendment. If they are hiring their own representation. And somebody did say that in our chat last week, and she was absolutely correct. But Vallow is determined to not be competent and her case is stayed. So since she's not competent, the court is making decisions for her at this point. And also because she's indigent, if the Mm -hmm. court has to, you know, if the state has to provide that attorney, then they have rules, they have requirements that they have to follow. Yes. It was hereby ordered that a death penalty certified public defender would appear in the case as co-counsel with Mark Means, Vallow's privately retained attorney. The court said there was no need to appoint a second death penalty qualified counsel. So that's where that's where we are. That's where that all came from. In case uh, that's confusing to anybody, it, I think it was confusing to everybody, frankly. So, well, now we kind of have a little funny. more. What's that? You know what's funny about it? Hmm. Now there's a swap because it was that Lori had the worst representation of the two. Yes. And now Lori's got 
Jim Archibald, who's a very qualified mm-hmm. attorney. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chad's just still got all John Pryor. Mm-hmm. John, who has Pryor's prayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who is not a death penalty qualified attorney. No. And so far seems to be the only attorney on the case. Mm-hmm. There's not been any other attorney added. No. I mean, is yeah. he really going to go forward with just Pryor? Well, how much money could Chad have left? I Right? Rhonda and I were talking about this today and talking about like, what could he, what what's his house worth? Because he's because he owns half the house now. Prior does, right. right? According to Zillow, I think his house was worth about two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yeah, so boy, that's not that's gonna that half of that's gonna go quick. Well, but he had a mortgage. I mean, he's only lived in that house for like five. Oh, years. well, that's true. So he doesn't even. It's so, not even that much. It's only half of what their whatever equity they have. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that to me, I mean, there can't be that much. No, there really can't. Yeah, we know we had uh, life insurance money, but uh, I wonder at what point the life insurance companies can, you know, lock his finances down, considering that he received that money fraudulently because he right. was charged with the murder of the person who he got the money for. It's all interesting. It's going to be interesting with Chad, I think, to see financially mm-hmm. what happens with him. Now, speaking of Chad, one of the other things that we learned this week is that uh, Pryor has submitted documentation that Chad has waived his right to a speedy trial. So remember that this case was actually supposed to go to trial in November and December. Right. That is very likely to not happen at this point. Remember when we said that was probably not going to happen? It's not going to happen. It's not. Yeah. No, they they need more time. However, there is a court date coming up next week on the 30th. It is a status conference at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. We don't know if it'll really happen or not. Mm -mm. Where, yeah, where they're asking for more time. We'll see. Uh, A month from then, there is also a status conference about, or not a status conference. There is a two-day conference. court date scheduled to talk about change of venue. So right. there's quite a bit of court dates actually coming up here in the next couple of months. Yep. We'll see if they get moved or if they stand now that they've waived their right to a speedy trial, all of this might slow down. Right. But, and we still have a fair amount of time on Miss Lori's clock before. Uh, yeah. Like five weeks. Or what's going to happen with her. Yeah. So we'll see, but next week, uh, you know, if, on Monday, if that uh, case, if that happens, we'll be here for it. We'll live mm-hmm. stream it if it, for if sure. it happens. Yeah. Hopefully, now that, you know, all of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that means was finagling because of Lori's uh, incompetency is on the table, hopefully there won't be a whole bunch more closed-door stuff. Like has There shouldn't be, because it should just be all about Chad. Right. There's no reason to keep that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully we don't have to deal with a lot more of that. But mm-hmm. that essentially, that's what's up in the Daybell Vallow case. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the uh, filings, you know, it, it still looks like Lori is still in the custody of the state of Idaho. And so, and this is uh, Health and Welfare, Department of Health and Welfare. So she's still in a facility. She's still receiving treatment. That's still going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a big scuttlebutt with people saying that they're seeing 
uh, means and they're seeing Archibald at the jail every day, please understand, you're probably not seeing means at the jail every day. There's lots of people that work at the jail, uh, including quite a few of the detectives that are tall, skinny and bald. So you may mm -hmm. not be seeing who you think you're seeing. It's likely that people are seeing Archibald at the jail every day or, or many days. And here's why. He is a well-known public defender. Lori's case is certainly not his only one. No. And so there's two reasons for that. First of all, the jail and the courthouse are in the same building. Right. And so he could be showing up there daily going to court. He yeah. also could be there just about daily meeting with, with clients. I mean, don't assume that because we're seeing him at the courthouse every day that that means anything to do with Lori. And that's even if people are, because seriously... Yeah. Who who's saying this stuff? Like, I mean, I know I don't want to get into that, but what I'm saying yeah. is, you know, if you're not local to this place, you don't understand. Like, right, right. But and Archibald is not a public much. defender for Madison County. He's a public defender for Bonneville County. But mm -hmm. it doesn't mean he couldn't be up there on a case. He could, but mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's been a lot of weird rumors going around, but. Uh, you know, yeah. according to Health and Welfare, they still have Lori in their custody. And if you do. are seeing James Archibald around the courthouse, there's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yep. Let's see a couple of comments here. Tammy's life insurance payout could be going to pay for his lawyer. At this point, it is. Yeah, yeah. at this point, it is. But we are, I, I'm not totally sure what the process is. I mean, does he have to be convicted before they demand their money back? Or can they freeze his well, finances I now? I think there's a couple of different things that happen because in life insurance companies and insurance companies in general can do their own investigation mm -hmm. and that is civil. Um, but then you also have the criminal charges. I just don't know how you get blood out of a turnip. I mean, he's been it all. Yeah. You know, he's not got much of it left. I don't no. think. Unfortunately. No, I wonder if they can put a lien on that house though, that overrides everybody else's. Uh, yeah, quite sure they can. It's not in his name anymore. It's, it's in Tammy's name, weirdly, and in yeah. John Pryor's name. And that's probably why they did that. Is, but mm -hmm. still, I mean, half that house is owned by his kids, basically. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know anything about that side of law. And so, yeah, we'll see. see. Yeah, uh, that certainly has been what was happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Madison County doesn't have a public defender, so they contract with other offices. Yeah, they do. That's right. So yeah. and, and public defenders from all over come. Yeah. And Archibald, if you look at cases around here, Archibald's name is on like tons of them. <laughs> He's a very experienced attorney, so he yeah. does kind of the big cases, the murders and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Aaron said Chad laying the inevitable at this point. He's only got his life to lose, right? Right, exactly. Now he's yeah. fine with slowing down. They, pro you know, they've been complaining about everything taking too long, and now that yeah. the death penalty is on the table, they're like, "Oh, hold on, we've yeah. got plenty of time." Yeah. <laughs> and Jerry said, "We shall all go forthwith forward. Right. <laughs> forward. We'll go forthwith into uh, slowing this case down." Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Crank wants to know what the exciting news is. Yes. Well, let's reiterate. So we are starting a new membership uh, on our YouTube channel, and it is called uh, the True Crime Cold Read Party. 
It's $4.99 a month. You can't join it yet because YouTube hasn't approved it yet, but you will be able to soon. It will start. You can join it now, but it'll, the first one will actually happen in September. Um, so one, we'll do one live stream a month where all members can attend and throw a cold read at us and okay. we'll do them live. So, you know, everybody gets one in each live stream. So throw a case at us, give us like a two sentence description and ask us, ask us what your question is. What do you want to know? And we'll cold read it for you. So mm -hmm. it's going to be really fun. Yes. We want to, we want a way to address more cases for those of you that have so many you want us to look at, and it's hard to get to all of them. And we just thought this would be a fun way to have a little uh, true crime party with y'all once a month. Yeah. And then flex our psychic muscles at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Nice yeah. to get some extra practice. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be coming up. So we'll keep talking about it mm -hmm. and we'll make sure to let you all know as soon as it is actually available um, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. JR said the Kurt Cobain reading was great. Thanks. Do you think it was premeditated? And do you think the person is remorseful? Yes, it was premeditated. No, they're not remorseful. Nope. They got exactly what they needed and wanted. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, Kurt Cobain got used up. He was a commodity that got used up. And yeah. when he was empty, he wasn't useful for them anymore. That's such a sad thing, you know. Really totally. a sad thing. Yeah. Well, let's move out of uh, Daybellville for a while yes. and talk about a couple other things. Uh, our case this week about the all of the Native kids that were sexually abused in Montana uh, has got us really thinking hard and looking hard at uh, the U.S residential schools and Christy uncovered some info today that we wanted to share. So Christy, I'm going to throw the mic at you here. You bet. So <laughs> you're going to throw the mic at me. Wow. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. So the, it is believed that the bodies of some Paiute children um, are buried in unmarked graves at a Utah indigenous boarding school. So this is um, the Penguich uh, Boarding School, Indigenous Boarding School. Um, we're, they're not sure how many, but they think it's around 12 unmarked graves. So Utah State University is going to use ground penetrating radar and see what they can find. Mm -hmm. And... So what um, Karina Bo, she's the chairwoman of the Paiute Indian tribe of Utah. And she said, what I know about this boarding school is that they would come and they would take the kids for labor. So this boarding school is actually a farm. Yeah. Uh, Paiute leaders say children ages six years old and older were forced to work at a farm on the property. Yeah. Um, she, they have a rough idea of where they think some bodies were buried but um, they're they're going to use the ground penetrating radar and see what they can find because it's very possible that that's not even all of them. Right. Right. They operated for five years, you guys. Yeah, five they years. And they suspect there's at least six bodies 12. of children or twelve bodies. At of least children. twelve bodies of yeah. children. Yeah. yeah. So you know these these um, Indian schools. There were many of them around us in Idaho and Utah, Montana. So we're going to be seeing a lot of excuse me, um, a lot of us, or a lot of that in our area. And so we're going to be keeping a real close eye, you know, the St. Ignatius School in um, 
Montana is not very far from us. We've been there. Um, yeah, here's the here's the site. Cranky says, I have to confess, I can't watch those. It hurts too bad. I know it does. But we mm -hmm. feel like as white people who live in the West, we have to witness these things because mm -hmm. they were done by, unfortunately, our ancestors and people who live where we live. Yep. And we feel like we have to, you know, witness and take some kind of responsibility by reporting these stories and supporting the tribes as they make decisions about what to do with the bodies of their children. Because that's very important that the tribes be in control of what happens yep. and, and how things are handled. We just want to, you know, witness it and be supportive. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I know we know they're hard to read, listen to and watch. We can tell because the the numbers um, are always lower on those episodes. But, you know, and we, we always get more dislikes on them. Too. We do. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, but it's just important to remember that, you know, part of it is that we have to witness here in the U.S. and in Canada and anywhere else that these kinds of things have existed um, we, we have to witness it and recognize it as a part of our history so that we make sure that we don't repeat it. Yeah, for sure. Because we can't yeah. do anything about what happened in the past, but we can do, you know, something about what happens in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, an acknowledgement helps to bring healing. Here mm -hmm. is a picture from that school. My God, look how little the kids are. Mm -hmm. Very little kids. They're tiny. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a few in this picture, you know, but this was a service. This was a work farm. These little teeny children were out here to work on their farm. That's slavery. Yeah, that is slavery. Yeah. Frankie said some of her history is indigenous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we just have to remember. Yep. And acknowledge. We do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we do have a DNA for the win case. Yes, we do. Per always. These are some of our favorites. And I have to tell you, a lot of these cases fall into my lap because, you know, when you look up a lot of true crime stuff, then, uh, you know, the algorithms think that you like that kind of stuff. So they constantly throw things at you. <laughs> right. However, yeah. it's not hard to find these weekly. I go to Google News Stories and I you know, set the the setting so it's the most recent stories. And there's new stories every single week right? of DNA for the win cases, which is pretty exciting. It so really this case is. actually so was, yeah, this was also out of Utah yeah, in the Salt Lake area. So this lovely lady here is Sandra Matot. And Sandra disappeared about four decades ago. And she was reported missing on July 18th, 1979 by her now deceased husband, Warren. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of suspected in her disappearance and death at the time. Her family all told the police they do. It, yeah. There was domestic violence in that home. They knew it was him, but uh, there was just nothing. He told investigators he had seen her last at a bar in Salt Lake a week earlier and waited a week. And right. at some yeah. point, he 
moved on, moved, changed his phone number, and detectives just lost contact with him. Yeah. Because of course they did. Yeah. Do you want to take so, the picture down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. So in August 1979, so just a month later, the Millard Sheriff's Office, so that's also in Utah, but not in the same county. They recovered human remains uh, that some hunters found near an interstate exit. And those remains have been now hanging out clear until 2019. It's amazing that they still have them and, you know, that they're still aware of this case after this long. So 40 years later they do a DNA test and discover that they do belong to Sandra Matat, that that was her, which her poor family for 40 years has not known what happened to her. And a neighboring county had her remains for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Long before, you know, interagency cooperation. mm -hmm. They have named her husband as a person of interest but he died in 1999 so there's not a whole lot to go on there however her son is 65 uh and is still living and he says you know at least they've gotten this you know yeah at least hopefully maybe they can bury her and mm -hmm. have a funeral yeah but here's a crazy piece in 1984 serial killer henry lee lucas admitted to her killing he admitted to everyone's killing. Yes. Any any any, any name he'd ever heard, he killed him. He confessed to hundreds of murders that he did not commit. Hundreds. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That happens all the time. Yeah. It's so crazy. But at any rate, they have finally uh, you know, been able to lay this poor lady to rest and give her family that uh that closure. So it is very frustrating to her family that it's taken that long and the idea that her remains were in custody for 40 years. Hey, Jennifer. Uh, It's insane, you know, but at least they do have that closure now. Yeah, they do. And I, it's something, you know, Mm -hmm. at least you, at least they now know Mm -hmm. what happened to her to some extent. Well, for all of these kids whose mothers vanish, who, you know, the police have constantly kind of tried to write off as, well, I mean, Maybe it was, she was just sick of this. She ran away, you know, when everyone's going, she didn't freaking run away. And, you know, so for that son who I'm sure in the back of his mind always knew she didn't run away, but, you know, also she was gone and and did vanish. And so surely there's always this tiny piece of you that wonders if that's possibly true, you know? Right. Exactly. That, that's the thing. At least now they know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Craig, he says, I wish people would stop hurting others. So tired of it. Right. Right. Oh. Guys, this is just, it never ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But there you go. I mean, there's another DNA for the win case. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. We will. We will. There's just going to be more and more and more of them too, which I think is awesome. Oh, yeah. There's another pretty interesting one out of Florida that I, I don't have all the details to in front of me, but a girl who was raped when she was at college, clear back in the 70s or the 80s, mm-hmm. and it's never been solved. 
And just recently, there has been a serial rapist who, through DNA, has been linked to a bunch of rapes on that campus and a murder on that campus several years before her rape. She was raped in 1983. So one of her friends from college I saw an article and called her and said, you need to call the police there and find out. Well, there was a doctor there who had held on to slides from rape kits from all of these women over the years. Oh my God. And was able to provide those to the police as evidence. And guess what? He's her rapist too. Oh my gosh. And wow. So he's actually already in prison. And well, for, yeah. you know, guess what? Rape. And uh, well he, he they linked him to like 12 different rapes from that campus. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. I'm glad yeah. that she at least has some closure too. Right. That one's pretty interesting too. Yet again, we say uh, these older criminals ought to be scared. Yeah. Because they are getting rounded up these days thanks to DNA. It's pretty cool. It really is. Yeah. Hamburger Henry would have confessed to assassinating Lincoln if he could get a Big Mac and fries out of it, right? Right. He kind of figured out that if he just kept confessing, they'd keep bringing him in and then he'd keep, they'd buy him whatever he wanted to eat. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know how, what if, if he was like watching TV and in jail and making the list, but man. Right. He Where is he getting all these names from? Shit. Yeah. Well, and like this one clear in Utah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gross. Cause they went out and like physically looked for bodies that he said that he had killed and took him around. Yeah. Trying to find bodies that he's just basically making shit up. God. What a what fool. A, what a little. Mm. Could you imagine the poor detectives that had to deal with this guy? Oh my gosh. After a while, I think they just quit talking to him because it was like, I'm oh, sure they did. But for a while, they were like, oh, my gosh, we've got the most prolific serial killer on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Just someone who liked McDonald's a whole yeah. heck of a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good hell. Well, that's what we've got for tonight. So don't forget, we're going to be back tomorrow night for the psychic hour. We are an hour later tomorrow because yep. we have to go watch our nephew play football. So. We'll you know, family. <laughs> and so we'll be here at 8 p.m. Mountain. We are talking about chronic pain. Yes. And some of the spiritual and metaphysical uh, cures, or not cures, but uh, assistance, we'll say that. And mm -hmm. uh, talk about our own journeys through chronic pain because we both uh, definitely have been on them. So was yes. he even a serial killer? Yeah, he was, but he was. not nearly as prolific as he Right. He did have some of his own victims, but mm -hmm. he, he really realized that it made him, you know, kind of a big shot if he had more victims. And so mm -hmm. he just. And what do we know about these men, these serial killers? A lot of they them, like they want to brag. They love the attention of having all these detectives in one room listening to every word they say. And ooh, right. they love it. Yeah. How they haven't gotten Chad talking yet. I'm honestly amazed because he has mm -hmm. that kind of hubris, too. But he does. Yeah. Anyway. True. Well, we'll do it. So, of course, watch for our brand new uh, show coming. We're excited about it. And then you'll see pop-ups from both of us this weekend as well. Mm -hmm. And then next week, back with all new cases. So, lots yeah. of good stuff happening. 
Yep. All right. Well, guys, this has been another production of True Crime Paranormal with Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys.